0: Now then, instead of having a Bible reading this morning, you know, when somebody actually stands up here at the front and reads the story from the Bible, we're actually going to act the story. With all of us involved this morning, I'm going to need some help in just a moment. The, the story that I'm going to tell is in Matthew chapter 20, so you can read it all in full when you go home uh, and read exactly the words that Jesus has to say there. But through this summer period during August, I gather you've been looking at the parables that Jesus told um, to explain what the kingdom is like. And with our story this morning, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like this. A landowner owned a lot of land, and on that land there were vineyards. Who knows what grows in a vineyard? anybody tell me what do we grow in a vineyard yes wine (laughs) lovely you're two steps ahead of me (laughs) we grow grapes that make the wine have we got any vineyards around here Hmm. sorry yes absolutely we do have vineyards but we might not be very familiar with them So what do we have round here that we grow lots and lots of? They're red, and we love them at this time of the year. We have sugar and cream on them. Strawberries. So let's imagine in this story that the landowner owned lots of fields full of strawberries. He needed workers to come and work in his strawberry fields to pick the strawberries. Now back in the days that Jesus was here on earth... What happened was that people went to the market square early in the morning and waited for somebody to hire them and give them work. So the landowner goes off to the marketplace to look for workers to come and pick strawberries. I want two workers. Who'd like to come and be workers in my strawberry field? Yes? And one more? Do you want to come as well? Right, you do. Stay right there, because the first thing I've got to say is what we're going to pay you. Now when Jesus told the story he said they would give one denarius Well we've never heard of a denarius have we? That was the equivalent of a day's pay. Well I haven't got any denarius uh, so <laughs> Twix bars. Ooh, two Twix bars each. Is that okay? You're willing to work for that? Right, I'll be coming. A... <laughs> Up you come. You can come right over here. (laughs) This is where the strawberries are. So you can start picking strawberries. You just pretend, and you're putting them in a bag, and you're picking strawberries. Lovely. So they're picking away, and that's fine. And the Landover's thinking, gosh, there are an awful lot of strawberries to pick. it's getting a bit hotter. They're going to be getting tired. I think we need two more. Two more. Who'd like to come and pick strawberries? For Twix bars, come on then. <laughs> you like Twix bars, come on then. Actually, come. <laughs> Up you come lovely. Okay, so you can come and stand over here next to them, and you're next to these two, and you can start. You can leave a little gap between them, right? So you're not all picking the same strawberries, don't trip over each other. <clears throat> well, it was getting to afternoon. Uh, and the landowner thought, well, I've still got a lot of strawberries to pick. I want two more. Two more people. <laughs> come, on, <then>. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Right, up you come. So you can stand over this side and pick your strawberries. Okay, lovely. Off you go. (laughs) Well, it's getting a bit late in the day, but the landowner went back to the market square and he found there were still some people there. Nobody had hired them all day. So actually, as it's getting this late, I just want one more. One more person to come. Yeah, come on, up you come. (laughs) Lovely, thank you. (laughs) Righty. So, yes, it is, you know, it's getting near to sundown now, and we can't pick any more after sundown, but uh, there you go. Right, that's lovely, wonderful. So it got to the end of the day, and time to stop work, everybody. You've all done a marvellous job. That's really lovely, and the landowner was really pleased uh, so he sent for his steward. Would somebody like to come and be my steward for me? Yeah, come on. Lovely. Okay. You can come and pay everybody for me. Um, but I'd like you to start with the last one who came up last and give them two Twix bars to everybody. Oh, I didn't pay maybe that right now you two girls standing at the end there okay thank you very much but you two girls at the end there you've been working all day picking strawberries and this lady up this end has only been working for the last hour, but she's got the same as you. Oh, do you think that's fair? (laughs) (laughs) Never work with children or animals. (laughs) That's my whole service, gone out the window. Well, you are brilliant. You're very good girls. But in the story, <laughs> the people weren't as generous as that. They said it wasn't fair. We've been working all day in the heat, picking all these strawberries, all these grapes, whatever they were. And it's not fair. We, they, she thought that they would get more. When they saw the steward giving the one at that end two bars of twigs, one denarius... They said that wasn't fair. They thought that they should get more because they'd been working longer. But do you know what the landowner said to them? He said, why are you complaining? I've given you exactly what I promised. I promised you one denarius, two Twix bars, for a day's work. And I really don't think you should complain that I'm generous enough with my money that I'm allowed to give And I want to be generous to the person right at the end. And Jesus said, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Now, let's put that into the context of what Jesus was really meaning. These two here are the Christians that have been Christians all their lives. They've been serving God faithfully. They've done lots of things for him and been really committed to him. This one over here has just become a Christian, a new Christian, just welcomed into the kingdom of God and the others are somewhere in between along the way. God is saying that he is just as generous to this one as he is to those. All of us get the same promise of God, the promise of salvation, the promise of forgiveness, the promise of eternal life with him. That promise is for us all however long we've been Christians. It's not about fairness. It really isn't anything to do with being fair. It's all about God, not about us. It's about God and his grace and his generosity. So go and enjoy your Twix bars. I don't know if to... <laughs> Thank you very much for your help. So what Jesus was trying to show us in that story is that God is a great, big, wonderful, generous God. When my children were young, I guess most parents go through this, but the two phrases that I kept hearing the most were, it's not my fault, and it's not fair. Children usually have a great sense of what's fair, and what's not fair. So coming back to the story again about the workers in the vineyard or the strawberry fields, we've said that it's not about being fair. It's about God's amazing grace and generosity. Well, that's fine, but are we saying then that fairness and justice don't matter? Is that what Jesus meant? Well, I think we'd all say far from it. So much of what Jesus taught and did was all about fairness and justice in society. He believed in it passionately. He urges us to show and to promote fairness and justice in our world today. And we've seen that very much in the prayers that Pat has been praying. Can anyone think of anything that Jesus said or did that was about fairness or justice? Any suggestions? Yes? Sorry, I can't hear you from here. She's jumped ahead of me again. (laughs) He absolutely did. I'm coming to that one in a minute. But before that happened, Jesus had a lot to say about fairness and about justice. He showed that he cared deeply about fairness towards the neglected, the despised, the marginalised. His attitude, if you look at his attitude towards women and children, uh, for a start, in that very male-orientated culture, uh, women and children were very much second-class citizens and they were looked down upon. Jesus raised them up. Look at how he drew those children to him, put them in the midst of the disciples and said, of such is the kingdom of heaven. He lifted them right up. He had time and he took time with the children. He took time to heal Jairus' daughter and he cared enough about her to say, give her something to eat. He... Uh dealt so much with women as well. He had women as some of his closest friends and followers. He forgave and healed women like Mary Magdalene, who was a woman woman of very dubious uh, report. He forgave the woman that was taken in the act of adultery. Always puzzles me, that story, because there must have been a man involved as well and nobody said anything about him. It was the woman that was condemned. Jesus didn't condemn her. He forgave her. He did tell her to go and not do it again and not to sin again, but he cared enough about that woman to forgive her and to lift her up. He reached out to publicans and sinners and the hated tax collectors like Zacchaeus. And he said that all these people, as they responded to him, they too could be part of the kingdom of God. He said that it was the sick who needed healing, not the well the sinners that he came to save not the righteous he also reached out to foreigners like the Phoenician woman who asked for healing for her daughter and the Roman centurion who asked for healing for his slave the Jews looked down on anyone who wasn't a Jew Jesus had time for them and he was fair to them and he gave them a chance as well He absolutely was scathing in his attack against the Pharisees for their unfairness and their lack of justice for the poor and the oppressed and how they increased the burdens on those that were already heavily laden. There's also the story of the prodigal son. Actually, I think it shouldn't be called the prodigal son. It's the the story of the loving father. But there's one element of that story that tends to get overlooked uh, and just brushed over. And that is when the prodigal son had come back and then the elder brother returned and heard all this party going on and wanted to know what it was all about. And he was very angry. And he said to his father, I've worked hard for you all these years, like the two workers out here that have been picking strawberries all day. I've never put a foot wrong and you never gave me so much as a baby kid to have a party with my friends. But this other son of yours, he's come back, wasted all your money and you've killed for him the fatted calf. Listen to what the father says in response. My son... All I have is yours. In other words, I've given your brother his share of the inheritance and he's gone off and wasted it. I'm not about to give your share to him as well. Jesus was showing that this father, as well as being loving and forgiving and received his wayward son back, he was also being fair to both his boys and he was making sure that the elder son had his share as well. The Bible doesn't tell us the rest of the story, unfortunately. We don't know if that son went on to become a hired slave and worked for a living and earned an honest living. We don't know that. But what we do see is that the father was being fair to both his boys. God is about fairness. We see this perhaps clearly again in the story of the separation of the sheep and the goats, that the Father was about absolute justice. There will ultimately be a day of reckoning and a judgment of all evil and the rewarding of all righteousness of those who follow him and love him and belong to him. Read about it in the closing chapters of Revelation and see how the ultimate fairness... And justice of God plays out in his final destruction of all evil against all those who have persecuted the Christians down through the ages and those who have fought against God himself. We hear terrible stories in our own day and age of horrible persecution of Christians in other countries and acts of terrorism even in this country And we might well ask, why does God allow it? Why doesn't he do something to stop it? Well, one day he will. One day God will make it right and evil will finally be defeated and all those who have been so wronged, those who love him and follow him, those whose names are written in the book of life, will enter into his glory vindicated. Of course Jesus, representing God the Father, is passionate about fairness and justice. And by the way, when we read Revelation, it must leave us longing for the reassurance that our names are written in that book of life. There is a terrible price to pay if not... Praise God, therefore, for the sacrifice of Jesus that gives full assurance to those who put their trust in him that their names, our names, are written not only in the book of life, but on the very heart of God. Because at the same time as being about fairness and justice, Jesus is overwhelmingly about the love and the grace and the generosity of God none of us deserve the wrath and the judgment of God Sorry, none of us deserve his love all of us fall short of his standards we only deserve the wrath and the judgment of God for the way we have let him down and fallen short, every one of us fallen short again and again I'm sure you've heard it said before but it really does sum it up In God's mercy, he doesn't give us what we deserve. And in his grace, he does give us what we don't deserve. His abundant, overwhelming, incredible, sacrificial grace poured out, pressed down and running over to the point of his death on a cross And here we come to this little girl's point that she said, (laughs) that he died on the cross. Was that fair? Jesus, the only perfect, innocent person who ever lived. Jesus, the wonderful, loving, healing, gracious, beautiful son of God. Jesus, the only one whose life was totally self-giving, selfless, pure, and righteous flung on a cross and crucified. The just dying for the unjust. Was that fair? Do you see the irony of it? The one whose life was all about justice for all gave up his sole right to justice for himself. Where was his defense? Who stood up for him or spoke for him at his trial? Who stood by him in his hour of need and before we jump up and criticise his followers would we have been any better if we were there Jesus stood alone and took the rap for us all no it wasn't fair to him he isn't fair to us and praise God that he isn't Fairness doesn't come into it. If he was to be fair to us, we would just deserve the wrath and the judgment of God. Fairness doesn't come into it. It's all about grace. What Jesus did on the cross was mind-blowing. Generosity isn't a big enough word for it. Here is the absolute Unutterable grace of God to every, every believer, big or small, black or white, young or old, male or female, simple or intellectual, new believer or being a Christian forever, blind, deaf, disabled, homeless, immigrant, refugee, prince or princess, Jesus died for you the just for the unjust. And the reward to every believer is the promise of God of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. To God indeed be the glory. Do we need to change our attitude towards others and start treating all people with the respect and the dignity that God would give them? Whether our names are in the book of life or not is up to us. But at the end of the day, all people will receive the promise of God. God is faithful to his word, whether that word is total destruction or total glory. Which side we're on depends on us and our daily response to his grace. Where do each one of us stand this morning? If we truly love him and put our trust in him, we are all welcome to this table to celebrate all that he has done for us in full assurance of his acceptance of us and of his eternal salvation. Before we come to this table, we're going to prepare ourselves by singing God of Grace recognizing that it is only in his grace that we can stand complete before him and before this table. Let's make this song our prayer of confession and repentance as we stand and sing God of grace. Let's stand and sing together.